one of the things that we talk a lot about is speaking something into existence. Yeah. And Wayne Dyer, who's the my favorite, you know, a lot of people think like, I'll believe it when I see it, which is counterintuitive because you'll never see it unless you believe it. Welcome to the Have It All podcast. I'm Elon Ferdman, and along with my brother Guy, we're Satori Prime. We've spent the last 16 years on a quest of mastery, and not just in business, all areas. Mastery of our finances, our bodies, our relationships, and most importantly, our minds. You see, while most people fantasize about their dream life, we went out and created it. And you bet we learned a few things along the way. So if you want to gain new skills and tools that will help you achieve the life of your dreams, well, you've come to the right place. So get ready to have your mind expanded. Implement what you learn here today, and you'll start living the life of your dreams instead of just, well, dreaming about it. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. Well, my fellow Satorians, it has come to our attention that many of you are not yet aware of some massive news in the Satori Prime world. So let me let you in on a not so little secret right now. So Guy and I have recently created an app that you can now download on your iPhone or your Android device just by searching for Satori Prime in either iTunes or the Google Play Store. Or if you want, you can even download it directly to your desktop by going to app dot satoriprime.com and the reviews are in and they are lively things like life-changing i love the gamification i share this with everyone in my life and my favorite how is this free so if you want to join your fellow satorians in our very own exclusive community then like i said head either to your itunes or google play store and search for satori prime or simply go to app.satoriprime.com and install it on your desktop. So as soon as you join, what we're going to do is we're going to give you access not only to our amazing community, we're also going to give you access to a completely free 10-part transformational mini-series that we've never released anywhere else. And this is where you can begin to uncover all of these limiting beliefs and start upgrading them. Things like money, overwhelm, procrastination, You'll get to see how you can create accountability in your life like never before, and you'll get to experience life in a whole new way. So if you haven't done so already, come join our Satorian family today. Make sure to go download that app. And now it's time for the episode. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Have it all podcast coming your way. Elon Ferdman here. And uh, I think you guys already know this about me by now, but it's worth repeating. I really like interviewing people that can teach me something. So I know I do it for you guys, and selfishly, I kind of do it for me too. So our next guest is someone that I'm very excited to learn from because he is just a master, master speaker. So first, before we go into to, to who you are, Jess, Todd Field, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to share ways that the audience can light people on fire no matter what they do, and they do not have to be a professional speaker. Yeah, so we were talking uh, on a pre-interview about now I feel more than ever. Um, It's become so important for people to learn how to share their values, share their story, uh, whether you're doing it on stage or in videos or in conference rooms. It doesn't matter. We are in a constant state of... uh, Selling. Someone told me something really interesting the other day, which I really liked. You know that uh, ABC always be closing from Glenn? Yes. Okay. So he's like, there's a new term, ABM. And I was like, ABM? He goes, always be marketing. And nice. Yeah. And I think that's actually very accurate in today's world. Uh, not in the sleazy, salesy way, just in the today you are your own brand more than ever, you know, with technology and stuff like that today. So how you communicate your value to the world has become much, much more important. And Jess, um, through many stories, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get into today has become quite the expert at it. So Jess, why don't you, before we dive into all of this, you know, speak to close kind of thing that we were discussing, um, just give people a little bit of background on, on where you started from that lonely, New York City. So lonely. (laughs) Uh, The the big city, which I always joke, I I always bump into people. So Mm -hmm. it always feels like a small city to me. 
Uh, it just works out that way. But yeah, I mean, I was a TV producer for 13 years on the national level, and I worked at ABC, NBC, and Fox. That's how I got start. Uh, got started in the communication field. I mean, communication training is it's kind of the overall uh, title of what I do. But really, like you mentioned, speak to close. It's really what people want, and we have to really connect with what they need, what that outcome is. Um, you know, and I'm saying this in a way of leading and teaching right now, even talking about myself. And then about 13 years ago, I, I said, I need to start my own thing. I need to focus on my own brand. And it's really before social media was really like jumping off. I mean, there was, you know, MySpace and college kids had Facebook. It wasn't really, it wasn't as big of a thing yet. And then when I, I left officially, I said, hey, you know, I should probably pay attention to this. It seems like, <laughs> I mean, it's like a joke now, but I mean, it seems like a way, like you just said, always be marketing. It seems like a way to stay in front of people and connect. So yeah, so I started my business, media training and presentation training. So like, oh, that's for, you know, business people. But the pieces, there are always pieces that connect with everybody. We're all salespeople, even if we don't realize that we are or not. We're always selling something, ideas, ourselves, even for people who still have their traditional job. I know you have a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and people who started their own businesses. And please, people think of yourself as a business person and not a freelancer because it's a total, total mindset change and way you act. And, and of course, you know, it's a taxes <laughs> way of keeping <laughs> the money you make. But we really need to think differently, act differently. Yeah, we're always selling ourselves. That's the objection, what you just brought up, which is, you know, oh, do I have to feel salesy? You know, am I doing this just right? Uh, there's no way you're going to be able to make everybody happy. It's funny, my wife was looking at one of my social media accounts and says, uh, which is, uh, she works with me in the business. She said, you have some things up here, lots of people are engaging and, you know, it's great. There are a couple of things up here that barely anybody is saying anything. Maybe, you know, maybe you should take that down or what's when the, meanwhile, she's texting me. I was in Boston last night work, working still. And I was thinking like, I don't need this harassment. Um, <laughs> nobody's, nobody's talking or liking or whatever. Um, and I, the thing is, you're never going to make everybody happy. Um, there's always going to be somebody, possibly even somebody related to you. So, you know, Ooh, that seemed kind of salesy. Yeah. Uh, you know, why were you talking about yourself? But you know what? If we don't do it, if we're not our biggest advocate, nobody else will. And the proof and the reason is, you know, yes, you know, Aunt Silvio, whoever it is, like, eh, why are you talking about some course or program that I don't get or why that people should sell themselves? And uh, it's not for her that day. Sorry. You know, if I post the picture that I was, that I got one of the last beach days in somewhere and uh, I'm with my family and look, the kids, we're out here. And, you know, lots of people are excited. Well, then Aunt Sylvia is happy. And then it's, yeah. but it's not for some other person. So anyway, we got to just, um, you know, everybody who's listening right now, I mean, I want to give you today strategies. I'm going to go with whatever questions Elon throws my way. But uh, we chatted about this. I said, yeah. you know, always be adding value. So that's one of your first ones always be adding value. So even in talking about myself, and I hope I'm modeling for everybody today, um, I'm constantly thinking about who is the audience I'm talking to, whether it's one-to-one -one or one-to-many, and what would best serve them. And honestly, that um, planting those seeds everywhere, acting like that uh, pays back because people circle back and say, at some point, and none of you have to, you're welcome to circle back <laughs> and say, I like this thing, Jess, you help me. But, um, you know, I have somebody who circled back now eight years later and says, you talked to me at a conference just on the side uh, and you gave me amazing advice and, and I want to connect you with a, a client. And I said, really? And I remember this guy he had dreadlocks, but I don't remember what the heck I said, yep. but he did. So we got to plant those seeds everywhere. That's it, man. Boom. <laughs> it's all about truly, I find that a lot of people measure their success by obviously how much money is in their bank account, which I'm not even going to go into why I believe that's a mistake. But regardless, let, let's go with what, what human beings are doing, right? Yes. Somebody asked me, and, and a lot of people when they start, they're like, okay, how do I make $10,000 a month? And I was yeah. like, asking the wrong question. And they're like, huh? And I go, what if instead you ask, how can I add $10,000 worth of value to the world? And I was like, that's a much 
different question. Your brain's going to come up with a lot of different things that, you know, where you just focus on the money, it's not that. So if we're coming from the perspective, and I want this kind of as like the overarching thing that we speak about all day today is like, how do I add and deliver value in such a way that people are moved to take action based on that value, whether today or eight years from now. Yeah. You know, so let's kind of, we spoke about a few strategies and steps that you outlined. And by the way, can you just tell me real quick about how you cut your teeth in public speaking? Yes. The, the way I did it was a very specific type of public speaking situation called stand-up comedy. And uh, while most people are probably tuning in, listening to the audio version somewhere, we're also recording some video on here. And I have a Seinfeldish face. You do. Um, I was going to say, like, you do actually remind me of Seinfeld. What's with that? (laughs) Why? Why? Why do they say that? Which works better if you see my face also. But anyway, it's uh, but I did that. And you know what? I mean, the, the short story behind that is just that we always have to challenge ourselves I, I didn't do it because I said, I'm going to go on the road for 15 years. And um, <laughs> my wife and I had our, at the, our first kid at the time. That was like 16, 17 years ago. And, um, you know, I'm not going to see their faces. I'm going to just be out there, the grind. It was really to challenge myself and everybody listening. Find those ways to challenge yourself. And the way it's come all, you know, full, full circle and helped me is anytime I deliver a program and I say anything funny... They're just so happy and surprised. Yeah. And then when I give programs, sometimes just as a goof, I will like, stare at somebody in the audience and say, um, get, purposely say something that's like the total opposite advice. And then I will say, and this has been a little segment I like to call bad advice. And they're like, yeah, no, you don't do that. <laughs> They get the point of that would be the worst thing you can do. Like they're like, should I do this? And I'm, I'm, oh, you should do this thing. No, don't do that. And then they're like, yeah, that's terrible. In their head, they're like, I paid this guy money. This sounds horrible. <laughs> this sounds horrible. And just as they're thinking, but I mean, hi, I mean, I'm using it as a device to highlight. You know, yeah, like the new jerk response would be like, should I try this? Should I tie a hundred things? You know, or should I pick three things that are strategies? You know, talking about marketing, there's so many different things that people can do. Um, you have this amazing podcast that you are putting all this value and helping all these people. It's fantastic. I'm not doing that because I can only do so many things at once, but I get to be a guest. So that's, yep. uh, <laughs> so I get to show up anyway. <laughs> people can do the same too. Um, all right. So let's, let's jump into some of these because these were really, really awesome. Thanks. I think the first one we spoke about, which, which really hit home for me, was Open With Fire. Yes, Open With Fire. So this is taken from a David Ogilvy quote. He was the big advertising guru. And he said, if you're selling fire extinguishers, open with fire. So most people, when they're speaking to other people, and uh, when I say speaking to other people, it doesn't have to be a formal speech or it doesn't have to be at some conference. I mean, it could be one-to-one with a prospect. It could be on a conference call or a Skype call, you name it. Most people, you know, they start out, they give a whole list of everything that they did or they, here's what we're going to cover today. Uh, here's it. That's not fire. That's yeah. like opening with a, with a fizzle. It's like, I'm going to set the expectation that you're going to be bored today, right? <laughs> Look at this amazing slideshow. Can you read yes. it? Yes. <laughs> and then you see on the bottom where it says slide one of 652. Uh, what? How long is this? And they're still on slide two. What are they doing to me? Right. So that's the example of what not to do. So yep. open with fire is um, how can you, I want everybody to think what's your fire? when you're in front of the people that you serve. Mm. Uh, how can you make it exciting as fast as possible? So look, even today, you know, hey, Jess, you know, fill people in on some things in your background. And I immediately went into what are some takeaways that I can weave in. When I give a speech in front of people, um, you know, usually, the, again, the first 
piece that they get is this long, boring introduction from somebody who's reading in a terrible way. Uh, they're, they're just, this is taken exactly from his bio off of the webpage. All right, and, uh, and everybody tunes out. So, so for me, I mean, as somebody who speaks for a living, I have a one-minute um, sizzle intro where you see Jess has done this and he's been, uh, he was a TV producer. He's appeared on shows. Uh, something I didn't bring up uh, already is I have a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times uh, in 24 hours, which was 112 different radio stations. And, uh, and I've been on quite a bit of uh, pretty much every major TV network and, and a lot of uh, print. But so they see that and they're like, oh, wow, okay, holy cow, what's this going to be like? And then I come on. And then even when I come on, if it's, um, if it's not a traditional business audience and it's a conference, I do things to get everybody lighted up and, and throwing their hands up in the air because there's music. And I make like I'm surprised, like, oh, look what music they rolled in. But I rolled it in. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, get our hands up. And people are like jumping up. So that's one way to open with fun. It's another way, but you don't have, you know, everyone is listening right now saying, you know, well, I don't, I'm not going to make a special video necessarily. You don't have to, you know, serve. We talked about value. Just serve the second you get in front of people. And, and often I'll do that. Then they're excited. Then I tell them a little bit about my bio because now they care. Yeah. So it's, it's find your fire. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, we went through, I think, uh, five or six of them. So, uh, what, what 25 of them probably we're going to give as many. No, we're going to do it. Yeah, we keep going. <laughs> right. We're here to serve. Yeah. So, um, another one, well, let, let me ask you this about opening with fire. So if someone's making a video, okay, they're not necessarily in front of an audience. There's not that feedback right? Of energy. You can't really see people's faces. So you're just kind of talking to a camera. How would you open with fire in that situation? Well, the, the only adjustment is, is just internal of I'm looking into nothingness and I have to pre- pretend so that the content should still be there. Uh, thinking about, again, thinking about who that audience is, what serves them best. If I talk today about what only serves um, nurse practitioners, you would say, gee, that's nice, Jess. That's not necessarily our audience as far as I know. <laughs> that's oddly specific. Uh-huh. So, so it wouldn't be helpful. But when looking into a camera and you know, nothingness, we have a few choices. One is to really be thinking about that audience and, and as if you saw a face that was reacting with their eyebrows up, saying like, yeah, yeah, this is great. Lay it on me. And what happens is then your energy comes alive. Yep. So, so I'm going to give three parts to this. The other is our own energy level. So the way I get people's energy up when I do a media training is I, well, back when I was a producer, I used to just ply them with donuts in the green room. Not the healthiest choice that's out there, um, but it used to work, but I have a better way now, which is to say, use the word passion. Why are you passionate about what you do? And when I ask that question, people light up. They're like, oh, because I help people and here's what I do. And I'm like, okay, stop. You got the energy. Now let's do this. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I'll give you a third one that's just speaking into a camera, which is you can put a post-it right underneath the camera of a smiley face. Uh, I guess you can print out an actual face. And then when you're sitting further away from the camera, you're kind of looking at least at a face. So that was a little trick that we used to use when I, when I was a TV producer. Huh. <laughs> Sometimes people... You just gave me an idea, which I actually think for a lot of people. So what I do is I actually imagine that the camera is someone's eye. So like when yeah. I'm talking to someone at a coffee shop, right? Like I, I look at them in the eye and yeah. I just kind of talk to that. And that way when it comes off the camera. So I was just thinking it would be really, it'd be really funny for people that aren't comfortable with that to like actually print out a face, cut out where the eye is. And yes. Just, put it up there. And so like, they're actually looking at someone's eye. <laughs> yeah. And if they know how to manipulate the photo, you could probably move the two eyes to, just to the side to make room for the camera in between. Uh, and that's a skill like anything where we, we get used to uh, looking and acting the part out, yeah. you know, just acting as if 
Which actually leads me to something that we didn't plan on bringing up, but audiences love. And I'm going to tell your people because it would benefit them so much. That's the lean in. It's like, how can he not say, no, no, don't tell us. There's this old phrase that everybody I'm sure has heard called fake it till you make it. And for a lot of the entrepreneurs, people who are um, even well into their businesses, sometimes, you know, we feel less than perfect if we had a month where <laughs> the phone's not ringing or people are like, yeah. oh, what happened? Wait, where's the love? So um, the problem with fake it till you make it is the fake part. We don't want to feel like a fake. Yeah. So the just version of that is act it and become it. So if you act the part, you know, yes, you don't want to lie, by the way. I mean, you don't want to, you know, I had 500 clients last month who paid me $10,000 each. It's like, don't lie. That's, that's people are going to figure that, figure that out. Um, but go from what is true and act the part like you are the real deal. Help people play full out, um, give them that value. And the next thing you know, you become it. So. I thought they would uh, benefit. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we talk a lot about is speaking something into existence. Yeah. And Wayne Dyer, who's the my favorite. Say, you know, a lot of people think like, I'll believe it when I see it, which is counterintuitive because you'll never see it unless you believe it. And so, like you said, you have to be your greatest proponent in the beginning. You're your greatest, biggest fan. And, one of the things that Guy and I, when we were building our business, you know, we just kept speaking what Satori Prime is as an idea into the world. And I said to him, I was like, we will know that we have reached our success when other people out there are repeating our words back to us. Like, like the way they're speaking about this company is the way that we created it. Yeah. It just takes a little bit of time for that feedback loop to just kind of be created. But if you're not going to do it, no one's doing it for you. That's right. And and I feel like Wayne Dyer had a, a flip of that where he said, yeah, you have to see it first and then, yeah. you, then you believe exactly. it. Right? Yeah. You got to see it and visualize it and, and act it. And and then you do become it. And, and I like what you just added on there too, because I really believe we have to plant seeds all around. Good seeds. Yeah. Help people. One of the other things I say instead of uh, asking you shall, re- uh, re- uh, uh, yeah, asking you shall receive, I say uh, give to give. Yes, you have to run a business. Yes, you have to be conscious of your time because if I just gave everything away and helped everybody, that's a terrible business plan. But give to give. You know, sometimes somebody reaches out, they're not really the right prospect, and I'll say, you know what, I'm just going to give you this piece of content. You know, oh my gosh, thank you so much that helped me. Um, and they may circle back or not one day and say, you once helped me to get started. I said to some guy just recently, he said, I, I, I'm, I'm in a bad place. I, I'm going to sell my stereo, my last item, uh, my last possession so I can work with you. I said, don't, don't do that. Um, you know, I love music, but I won't have any now. No, don't do that. Yeah. He's not my right fit prospect. I said, um, here's some content that I've already created. And I even gave him one idea. I said, "Go if you do this thing, you will make some money. Go do that. Circle back. Uh, I'd rather him come back and say, you made, you made me money. I, I had a guy at a conference who kind of fell into a similar category. And I said, um, I said, if you do this one thing, you can take people who are already tuning into something he was providing and charge and make $1,000 a month. That was a $12,000 a year idea that I gave him. That he said, that's a no-brainer. Of course, I should be monetizing this. So I said, go do that, then come back and take my course. Because it, it um, yeah, not everybody with a pulse has to be my right fit prospect. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, someone told me um, a while back, we were, we were at this, in a room, someone asked a really interesting questions like, what does success mean to you? And, and the best answer in the room, in my opinion, was a guy said, when i able to say no more than I say yes. And I was like, mm. What what about you, Alon? What's your definition? It's really interesting. So it's changed so many times throughout throughout my career. It should. Yeah. Involve as people, right? Yeah. Today, success to me looks like living a life of absolute love and passion. For me, that looks like being an amazing father and husband, 
uh, amazing brother and son. And on, on the work side, um, being like optimal health, things like that. And then on the work side, what lights me up is just working with global impact people, people who are not about self, yes, about something so much bigger than that. And what they're seeking is how do I unleash more of that? Um, and that, that to me is success. Like it, you know, it used to be monetary. It used to be what car I drove or what house or who I was dating or where I got to travel to like, I went through all that stuff. And honestly, today, right. I have it and I value it and I, and I love it. And it's not like you could take that all away from me. And if I still had all of these other things, I feel today that I'm living a very, very successful life. And yeah, I love it. Fantastic. What is it for you? You opened up with, with a much more succinct way of, of saying, and I think we're on the same wavelength, which is I, I've achieved a lot in my career and I love it and I'm passionate about it but also as a husband and a father and putting good things out in the world. If I could put the, the right things out and uh, make my family's life better and other people's lives better, I'm on track. Yeah. And, and, and quickly, I'll, show, I'll just share my personal mission statement is three words, which is teach, entertain, and inspire. And there's a flip side to each, which is on the teach side, I should always be learning from the people I talk to entertain, I should always be finding the joy in those I work with and inspire. I should be working with people or talking with people like today where I can feel inspired by those that I connect with. So yeah, that's my little uh, it's, model. It's, fu- it's funny that you say that. We changed. So right now, Satori's, Satori Prime's uh, branding is all about have it all. Yeah. Uh, when we first started, our uh, right below Satori Prime, it actually said, Educate, empower, prosper. <laughs> nice. Right, right in line. Um, I love that. Yeah. All right, so, so let's jump back in. One of the things that uh, we spoke about, and, and I think for anyone that's on stage or in any sort of uh, meetings, was this, this ability to dance and adjust with what is happening around you, which is different than video, you know, video that we don't get that feedback. But let's, let's talk a little bit about more of this like one-to-one or one-to-many, as you say with busting. We talked a little bit today about, you know, who's the audience, even if it's an audience of one, who are you talking to? And, and actually you brought up the standup. This is how I learned this uh, the hard way, which is, you know, I would practice a routine. This is what I'm going to do. And look, you know, we all talk about our own businesses and, you know, what we want to share with somebody and, and, and we can be rigid about it because this is what I've planned. This is what I practice. Ideally somebody put thought into it and practice and then show up and then maybe that person's needs are different. So uh, I sometimes tell a, a story about how a buddy of mine and I would help each other get stage time for stand up, and he calls me up, you know, Jess, I got us a gig. All right. You know, we're New Yorkers. Yeah. Get us a gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, you know, where in New York city is this? We're New York guys. Uh, Piscataway, New Jersey. Uh, okay. That's fine. You know, I would go further, whatever. What's the name of this club? Uh, and it was at McCarthy's Pub. Okay, that's not. It sounds like not a comedy club, and it wasn't. Um, but we went down there, and um, just people were like they would be acting in a bar. They're all pointed different ways. They're totally not interested in somebody saying, "Quiet down, so I can talk." And uh, and then I started. Uh, I mean, they had kind of three rows of chairs, and there a couple people were staring at me. And I launched into my routine, and a guy stands up which they're not usually supposed to stand up if they're sitting down for comedy. And he, and he looks me in the eye and he says, Shitterance. And I said, Shit, what? And he said, Shitterance, which I should point out means nothing in any language. <laughs> it doesn't, how am I going to come back from that? And they're like, this guy had like this green woolen hat pulled down and, and uh, wrinkle lines in his face with dirt in the lines. And he had, the mustache, like a walrus. And I could tell the way he was holding his Heineken. It wasn't right in front of him. It was a little bit further back and up over his head. And he's like, shit, So I'm thinking like of my, my comebacks. 
I don't like your face is out. I'm not going to say that. I may not like my face in a second. Then I, I said just something like, oh, thanks for playing. And he sat down. That's not funny. And I like lost the confidence of the group. You know, I'm just trying to do my routine. But here's what I learned in that moment uh, where I almost, you know, had a, a beer can up in my cheek was I should have adjusted around the audience that day. I should have just said, I'm going to forget the act that I worked so hard on mm. and I'm going to do a routine about those people down at the bar. You know, he's going in, he's trying to pick up each woman. He's going from woman to, oh, he gets shot down. and get, you know, I should have done something around the fact that maybe that nobody cared <laughs> about what I have to say. And at least this group probably would have thought that that honesty is funny. So at that moment, I learned that lesson. So, I mean, I, when I show up at a, a conference and um, uh, you know, in the last week, I, I've been in a few different cities and, and I, this just happened in Orlando uh, uh, last week, which is I started talking to people who were there and I realized some of their needs were different than what I thought they might have been. So how long did that take me to, to do? A few minutes before I was going to go up there to mingle with people? You know, and then they got to know me and then they felt like I cared. And then ideally, I really do care. But ideally, you know, if we act like we care, we should probably really care. Yeah. And, and it was helpful. So we should always be adjusting around our audience and be willing to shed that to do what works best for them. And, and you'll see it's a recipe for success. Yeah, that comes from trust and a knowing in your ability Yes. It's something that more and more recently working with my coach specifically, you know, we, we held a live event. Um, this was back in last November. And, you know, I had the slideshows and the pictures and all that stuff. And on day two of this event, we did none of it. Truly none of it. Like right. the, the, the space, whatever was created by day one, day two just became this, mega mega powerful people were sharing and it was, co- it was just it was just incredible yeah and, um i was saying how anxious i am always like leading up to these things you know i prepared enough and blah, blah blah and she was like well you don't trust yourself and i was like fuck you like <laughs> I, I, I definitely trust you know and uh, i've realized through the process with her that you know, I just did a, a talk for two and a half hours. I was the last segment at the end of a two-day event. And some people, about 30% of the people had been there for a five-day event. So, like, brains cooked, you know, nice. eat at night. They're like, you get the last slot. They give me two and a half hours. They're like, go. And I get up on stage. And, you know, like, people at the end of this, t- they're like. Right. They're dead. Back <laughs> their head. Yeah. And uh, I had one sentence written on a piece of paper. I had no slides. I had no pictures. I, I wrote on a piece of paper, teach them about beliefs. And I and, bet and it you, was, it was, they loved it. They loved it. And someone said to me afterwards, they were like, you know what? Everyone shows up with slides. Yeah. And it, it to your point, it almost feels canned, like, like a prepped thing that they may have done a hundred, they don't know. Like when I showed up and I had nothing and I was just asking questions like, would this be a value to you if we, if we spoke about this today? Yes. Yeah. If we did just this, told this, you. Yeah. Would this be a value? Yes. And then, so you're speaking to what their wants and needs are. One, two, they have no idea what's coming next. So they're just like. Right. Like, what is he doing? It was so much better. So I just wanted to pause here for a moment and let you know that if you're someone who's ready to take massive steps in your relationships, your health, and your finances, we've created an amazing tool for you. There is an all-new Satori Prime app now available in the iTunes and Google Play Store. All you have to do is go there and type Satori Prime and download it today. Now, you'll immediately gain access to our 10-part mini-series where we're going to delve into your limiting beliefs your fears, and all that's been holding you back from truly living the have-it-all life. More than that, you'll be able to share your victories with your fellow Satorians, as well as ask Guy and I for feedback about anything that's occurring in your life today. So if you've ever wanted to delve deeper into the concepts similar to the ones that we share here with you every single week, well, now you can. 
So just go grab the app either in the iTunes store or the Google Play store. If you want to download it to your desktop, you can also go to app.satoriprime.com and grab it there and start your journey today. And with that, let's jump back into the podcast. And that, that that's such a good example because uh, what, what we would normally do is we would say, well, but I, I spent all these hours creating these slides and, and there's a funny animation or whatever stupid yeah. stuff that people, I have a video from YouTube that's going to play. And, you know, that, that's what we want. But to stop it, I mean, again, it, talk about open with fire. I mean, to turn and say, I'm not, I mean, you, people can say this. I'm not even going to show, I, I had prepared slides. I don't even want to do it. It's day five everybody's exhausted. What would serve you best? Do we want to talk about beliefs? And people are like, whoa, what's about to happen now? He's off script, even though you know this is something in your bones that you talk about. um, But they're kind of watching what will happen next. Yeah, it's so great. And I encourage people, I I actually have a testimonial on my uh, website where I'm not down on PowerPoint, but I say only use it to enhance what you're talking about. Don't use it as a teleprompter. Yeah. Don't use it uh, because you feel like you're obligated. So that so this guy, uh, I spoke to this company and this guy uh, says, uh, love that. He goes back to his team who was not in one of my trainings. And he says, all right, everybody, we're dumping the deck. We're not using the deck. We're going to go to this special meeting and we're just going to look people in the eye and we're going to talk to them. And they're like, this guy's crazy. Why did it? What is going? And he's like, I took an eight-hour program with a guy named Jess, and this is what we're going to do. Which I didn't say you're not allowed to use PowerPoint. Um, so I didn't know any of this, but I returned to the company a year later. So he's telling me the thing. I said, What was their reaction? The other team, they were kind of like, Well, it's on you. I mean, <laughs> if you screw it up, it's your fault. He said, But they closed a million. They got a million-dollar contract at this company. Um, He said we were the only ones. He said 10 people were competing, 10 companies, they were uh, organizations, and uh, competing. And they said they walked in, they saw the projector, everybody else would plug in. They were like, we don't need that. We're just going to talk to you. Um, You know, and here's the printout of the PowerPoint. You can read that later. We're just going to talk to you. And he said their eyes were laser focused. They couldn't believe it. You know, so everybody's listening now is like, wait a second. You mean if I talk to people like a human being, if I just like really connect with them and help them, um, and, and actually you don't want to solve every, this is a speak to close thing, because you don't want to solve every problem in that prospect meeting because they'll say like, great, I don't even need you now. you solved every last problem. So that you want to save for when they work with you, but you want to deeply highlight what the problems are, including problems that you didn't know they had. So these guys did that, and, and that's it. They closed this huge million-dollar deal, and um, <laughs> thankfully they didn't walk away saying, who was this Jess guy? Why did he give us terrible advice? But it, thankfully it worked out. I want to just uh, flip it here for, for a second because obviously storytelling is so powerful, and uh, I think in comedy, you know, you probably definitely learn how to tell stories properly that are engaging and entertaining and things like that. Um, are there any tips that we can share with the audience about how to structure a story that is both engaging, entertaining, value-driven? Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, stories are the currency of life. Mm. This, this is how we interact with people. If you go to dinner with somebody, people who are listening right now, if you go to dinner, I want you to pay attention. The whole dinner is... Oh, yeah, you know what happened recently? Oh, you're not going to believe this. Oh, my buddy came in from town and then we did this. Oh, this thing happened. And oh, well, you think that's crazy. Wait till I tell you, right? And then I'll tell you my thing. That's the whole dinner. Everybody's sharing stories. Not a a list of data, which, by the way, is what people do when they give a speech. We talked about that introduction is a terrible, terrible data dump. Don't do the data dump. And then people, we were talking about PowerPoint. They list everything, and now I will read to you everything that I wanted to tell you today. And it's boring, but it's not memorable. So one of the key, key pieces of being an amazing communicator, an amazing business person who closes more, is not being a data dumper, but to tell those stories. And so one is realizing we're natural-born storytellers. It's like I said at dinner, that, we, that that's what we do. 
and allowing ourselves to keep that in the interactions that we have with people. So before I was, so I was saying we need to be memorable. And this is one key piece in how to be memorable. In fact, if we're memorable, then people can then take action. Mm. These are a couple of the steps. But if they don't remember, if they didn't, and really there's a, a couple other steps, but one is they need to understand what we say. Meaning if you use lots of jargon, you're confusing. Many of the people listening have heard that phrase, a confused mind always says no. And if not, listen closely. A confused yeah. <laughs> first, but I said it today. A confused mind always says no. So one is people need to understand what you say. So, you know, if, you, if you're confusing, I mean, if you have a, a, an accent, um, you may want to just check in with them. Does that make sense? If you're a low talker, if you, uh, if you use acronyms and they don't know what that is and they're looking at you like, yeah, yeah, then you're dead in the water. So understand, then remember, which is where stories come in. And then when people remember, they move to the next level, which is action. We want people to act on what we say which is move forward, take, do something, work with me, um, go help the world, whatever it is. And if, if action is not the point, then you should have just sent an email. Why are you talking to people? Mm. Um, and then after that is pass on to others, which is that all important word of mouth. And people can say, you know, Elon told me this thing and this is what it was and here's why we should do it. Um, so I told a story just a tiny bit ago about an interaction when I was doing comedy. And... It's very important for people to remember. So I'm going to do a quiz, and Elon didn't know I'm going to quiz him. Right now he's probably thinking like, uh, okay. <laughs> so let me, um, uh, let me ask you, um, who, are, who are some of the characters in the story? And I actually gave you the most abbreviated version of that story. But who are the characters in that story? People at a bar. We have people in a bar. Who else? There was the, the crazy guy that was... Crazy guy. <laughs> That's it. Any other character in the story? Your uh, friend. Got My you. friend? Anybody else? Um, nope, not that I can think of. You got it. And me. I, but you basically no, yeah. got, you got all the other characters. Totally right. It's great. And then um, what do you remember about this guy? Um, do you remember anything the way he looked? or any, yeah. What do you remember? Let's, let's list them off. And he didn't know I'm going to quiz him. Yeah. Green hat. Not just a hat. Listen closely, everybody. A green hat. And the audience I know is playing along at yeah. home or in their car. What else? Uh, deep lines in his face that had dirt in them. Face. Right. Lines in his face. Dirt in lines. Anything else? Wal- walrus-like uh, mustache. Not just a mustache. He remembered walrus-like. I mean, this is the power of stories. And any other little thing? Uh, he was holding a Heineken bottle. Not just he was holding a beer. Heineken, the exact brand of beer, that is total retention. You know, if I didn't say I'm going to quiz you, I mean, he's going to walk away. The funny thing with some of these stories is um, if Elon and I talk like two years from now, um, this is what I get from people. They go, hey, Heineken bottle, hey, the thing. They remember, but wait, there's one more piece of this puzzle, which is every story we tell needs to have a point. Like, why the heck did you tell it? What point or message did you get as the reason to, that I told that story? That was the adjust, adjust according to the audience. Boom. That was the exact, exact intended message. Yeah. Um, and I only phrase it that way because sometimes people have a slightly different version that they took. And is it wrong? No. At least they got a message. Ideally, it's the message I wanted, you know, and maybe always be prepared. Or, uh, but usually it's because I really hit it in a certain way. They get it. So the point is, imagine everybody who's listening right now. If your prospects and your clients had that level of retention and can turn to somebody else and be able to reiterate exactly what you said and the point of why they should move forward. It's like your exact sales pitch or how you helped somebody else and turn to someone else who's maybe a decision maker and say, here's why we need to work with this woman or this guy. How would that be? It'd be amazing, right? Yeah. So that is the power of storytelling. So tell more stories, allow them in practice. Every day is an opportunity to practice. Yeah. And one, one thing that I really want to point out that that's worked really well for us is always tell them the point of the story at the beginning. So like even when you started, it was 
So this is when I learned how to adjust. Then you shot, then you go into the story. And then at the end, again, you reiterated. And that's when I learned how to adjust. So it's like the story enhances the point. And a lot of times people, I feel like they just jump into a story. They don't tell people how they should listen to that story. So they're just listening. They're like, what's the point? What's the point? What's the point? What's the point? And they tend to miss a lot of the details because their brain is going, what's the point? Yes. And um, look, we're human beings. Sometimes we're like, oh, I missed it. You know, I, I should have, I call it bookending it. You, you said it on both, uh, both ends. And sometimes we're great at it and sometimes we're not. Yeah. Um, sometimes we have a prospect call with somebody and, you know, we may get off and say, I talked about myself all the time and I didn't ask them a, enough questions about them. Or the flip side, which I've done, which is I ask them all these questions and at a certain point I should say, Oh, by the way, I have all these credentials and I've done clients <laughs> just like you and other things. So sometimes I even, I call it calling the moment. I'll, I'll say, by the way, <laughs> I should probably tell you something about me. I said, I was just really, I wanted to get to the bottom of what you need. Uh, and of course they're like, great, it's fine. But um, yeah, all that, it's bookending it. We got to always be just taking a look back at what we're doing and ideally trying to get better and better along the way. Yeah. And, and then the, the other thing that I think is, is definitely worth re-highlighting is the adding of details yeah it's not not, um i went to a bar some guy stood up it's bar in piscataway new jersey i walk in chairs like all like all of that stuff when you're telling stories is really really important I love that. You remember Piscataway, New Jersey. Not yeah. just like it wasn't, I don't know. Like, yeah. Well, I'm from New Jersey, so I'm, other people would be like, piss what? <laughs> but what in those? Wait, piss, uh, piss New Jersey? <laughs> that's right. Ho Hocus. Oh, yeah, exactly. I just want to name like funny. I, I once lived in New Jersey too. And uh, I lived in Leonia, New Jersey, but not yeah. as funny sounding as Hohokus. Yeah, I would actually, I lived in Fairlawn, so I would drive by Hohokus all the time. <laughs> right. It's, it's just fun to say. Yeah. Well, there's, a, there's another one. I used to drive to school and the, the, no joke, the town is called Coxsackie. Yes. What a terrible name that those people have to write on their mail every time, <laughs> every time. And I always imagined them, you know, like people from that town. I would just like every time this would happen in my brain, I'd be like, hey, so where are you from? Kicksacky. That's right. <laughs> and they try to throw people off by saying, no, you know, like the virus. Ugh. That's <laughs> no good either. That's just, that's, both are bad. No, that's terrible. Yeah. Um, that's right. All right. Jess, so I know you are, uh, you do live events. And things like that. So um, for people who are interested in honing in their speaking skills, presentation skills, um, storytelling skills, where can they find out more about what you do and and, uh, where to find you? They can head over to magneticspeaker.com, which is a really great, amazing, fun event on how to get paid, whether you're up on a stage or you're a coach or a consultant. Though that counts as speaking, everybody. So magnetic speaking. Uh, excuse, excuse me, magneticspeaker.com or uh, just Google me, Jess Toddfeld. Connect on social media, say hello, say I love this one piece or I didn't like this piece. I hate it. Why did you, how dare you, Jess, say these things? I don't know. You gotta, I give people permission to do that for my own entertainment for whatever yeah. reason. <laughs> uh, but actually, you know, I, I, and here's just the last lesson, which is I actually tell people in talks to learn to love objections. And I say out loud, if you don't agree with any of this, tell it, raise your hand, tell me. I want to know. I mean, I want, selfishly, I want to know so I can deal with it at the moment and talk about it. And maybe I'm wrong. I'm okay with that if I'm wrong. Maybe it doesn't apply to them. But I'd rather that than them sitting there for, you know, say, and I have programs at different lengths, but say an eight-hour day, and the whole time they're thinking, this guy is full of crap. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I hate his guts, his stupid Seinfeldish face. Why is it sending all <laughs> this, this terrible information? If that's what they're thinking, tell me. I don't care. I'd rather you know speak to. Them. So yeah, it's something that we can that we can all do. Yeah, absolutely. When's the when's your next live event? Uh, the next one. I'm trying not to date your 
uh, podcast here. But the next one is uh, at the end of November. Okay. So people can check Magnetic Speaker. And if you're watching this after or listening to this after November, then we have it at least every six months. Nice. And I have other, other programs and things. Awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we'll have all the links for you guys in the show notes. Uh, so if you're listening in your car, don't worry about it. Pull, pull over right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just stop in the middle of the read highway. The, read these show notes, but exactly. not while you're driving. <laughs> Uh, Jess, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for uh, taking yeah. time out of your day and uh, sharing this wisdom with us. And uh, we value it very, very much. Thank you. It was awesome. It was a pleasure to give and serve your audience today. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Thank you. All right, guys. We'll see you on the next show. Have an amazing day. So one last reminder before we wrap up here today. If you haven't already grabbed the app that all of your fellow Satorians are going gaga over, then I would recommend to do it right now. Well, I guess if you're driving, maybe not just this second, but when you get a chance, go to your iTunes or Google Play Store, search for Satori Prime and download it today. You'll get access, like I said earlier, to an amazing and life-changing 10-part mini-series. And if you want to know the clear steps to create the have-it-all life for yourself, this app is an absolute must. Like I said, and you can hear in my voice, we are incredibly excited to share it with you and be with you inside of our community. So we'll see you there. So that's it, my friends. That's today's episode. I just want to thank you for being part of our Have It All family and truly, truly thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help or give back in any way possible, the best way would be to share this or any other episode that you loved with your family, friends, or colleagues. And if you'd be so great as to just leave us a rating and a comment on either iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you use, that helps us tremendously. It only takes about two to three minutes of your time and would mean the world to us. Finally, I want to let you know that if you want to get even more exclusive content from Guy and I, just head over to satoriprime.com and make sure you join our mailing list. Now, I know what you might be thinking, God, not another mailing list, but I promise you, You'll only get an email or two from us per week and it will always have amazing videos and articles that I'm sure you're going to love. Promise. So until next time, you can join our ongoing conversation at the Have It All Facebook group where you can let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve. Love you all and we'll see you on the next Have It All podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day, my friends. Music.